All right. Welcome. Welcome to Extra Innings. I'm your host, Tim Black. Glad you guys tuned in. Oh, today's episode of Extra Innings, we're going to focus on class and race. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to have a good conversation about that. Talk about general strikes, a little bit, little tiny bit about minimum wage, but we're also going to feature clips from a couple of other folks to add a little bit of more energy to this broadcast. Uh, let's get started right away. You know, are we going to have a general strike or what? Are we going to have a general strike? I'm looking forward to people putting their money where their mouth is. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing us all stand up and say, hey, this is not working for us. This ain't working for us and pulling the plug on the whole system. The problem is people need the resources in order to do it. But I want you to know on the record, on the record, TBTV Network supports a general strike. That's because we realize people need money to live. And though when I was speaking to the issues that some of the folks had about, you know, Cornel West's appeal to black folks, I also want to stress to some folks that need to, need to realize that a lot of people are catching hell in their own way. And when you have a refrigerator sitting on your foot, you may or may not be too worried about someone else's car sitting on theirs. Because you're not paying, you're not paying attention to their foot. You're looking at your foot. You feel your own pain. So part of what Cornell West, Dr. Cornell West has made me do is take a self-evaluation and realize I'm not the only game in town. I'm just one member of a symphony of black people going through black changes, suffering black issues. And then there are just those of the human variety all across the spectrum. And no matter who you are, if you're in the middle of a catastrophe that feels like a catastrophe for you, it's going to be hard to see the forest for the trees. All people are human. All people are valuable. And anyone who tries to tries to minimize that got an issue. We need to address that issue. But I played a video clip, and I think I'm going to insert it here just so people can remember what we're talking about. It's a very memorable clip by Dr. Cornel West. I think it was back in 2001. Let me run that clip real quick. In vicious forms of discrimination against Jewish brothers and sisters, Catholic brothers and sisters, and so on, but never needing national focus and limelight. And anytime you have national focus and limelight, people begin to think it's preferential treatment. Why are you talking about them and not me? I say, no. White working class brother, we know you have pain. We know it's difficult to gain access to a job with a living wage. We know you have tremendous difficulty gaining access to health care and child care. But we're asking you to confront the most powerful, not scapegoat the most vulnerable. You see? We're asking you to simply say, there are ways of understanding your pain in such a way that you don't respond in a cowardly manner. I tell this to Brother Rush Limbaugh all the time. Well, not personally, but publicly. I say, Brother Rush, we know who your social base is. These white brothers have been wrestling with economic decline for the last 25 years. Economic dislocation, not even viewed as human beings who are fired, they're disposable commodities who are downsized. But they look to 
the weak, the immigrants, the women, the gays, the lesbians, the blacks, the browns. I say, oh, just like that husband who feels so powerless on the job and goes home to beat his wife. You see, cowardly, exercising power over the less powerful. You see. Saying what? Saying in part that it's so very difficult to talk about race in America, and especially the question of what it means to be human in wrestling with the forms of and varieties of death in the culture. Not to reinforce the worse. And a lot of people took a lot of things from the clip, right? And they 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 gleamed from it, yo, you know, these, you know, white guys need to take a back seat to some of this stuff. Everything can't be about you. And to talk about issues that concern black folks is not to be preferential, it is to be uh, observant and reacting to the plight of the people that are going through the struggle. It's not about you personally. We're looking over here at these people going through their struggle and realizing that that struggle is imminent, death on the line, life on the line, humanity on the line, and has been that way for hundreds and hundred years from Jim Crow to Jane Crow. Now we in Joe Crow as in Joe Biden Crow, and we're going through these things. But we don't want to minimize other people's struggle because that's where they're coming from, and that's sometimes what you're going to hear. And see, the fact that we had this struggle going on where people are not being able to make their ends meet. Dr. Cornell West says for 25 years, white men have been watching their jobs go overseas, watching their money stagnate, their earnings go down. Okay, so there's going to be a natural reaction to that. And when the only reaction from my government is neoliberalism, which is the boosting and the, the propping up of corporations, solving policy issues with corporate interests. To better explain neoliberalism, let me use a clip here by Tom Hartman. Tom Hartman's a windbag and he's a vote blue anybody blue, <laughs> vote blue, vote blue anybody blue type thing. But um, yeah, but he did a really good job here explaining neoliberalism and a little bit further uh, explanation and ideas. So check it out. And so the neoliberal idea was, okay, fine, we'll let government do more than just have just run the police, and uh, you know we'll let government do more than just run the fire department. Government can play a small role in people's lives. There should be a small social safety net, but it should be a very very limited role. And these people call themselves neoliberals. And this is, as you point out, the Democratic Leadership Council, which came up, Al Fromm and Bill Clinton basically created this thing in 1991. And, and Bill Clinton wrote it to victory in 92 and, and, and governed as a neoliberal. Uh, you know, declaring the, the era of big government is over and we have ended welfare as we know it, slashing uh, Lyndon Johnson's programs, ending some of Franklin Roosevelt's programs. And, uh, you know, and Barack Obama, by and large, continued that process. Um, the Republicans are, are even more aggressive about that. They wouldn't even refer to themselves as neoliberals. Uh, the neoliberals tend to be uh, a, an infestation inside the Democratic Party. And uh, what's happening right now, I think, is that the Democratic Party is returning to its uh, liberal roots, in, uh, which is why we use the word progressive now instead, uh, its progressive roots in Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson. 
Um, we took a huge, the, the, we, the Democratic Party, took a huge turn away from progressivism, from all the extraordinary things that were done by these two presidents. Uh, took a huge turn away from them and towards neoliberalism. And it's, and it's moving back uh, aggressively. And, and we're seeing that, that debate played out in the, in the, in the Democratic primaries. Uh, right now, you know, Joe Biden is the last uh, big proponent, I think, of neoliberalism, although I would suggest that Amy Klobuchar and, and Pete Buttigieg are promoting, uh, to a certain extent, neoliberal agendas. Um, and I think Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are the, are the ones who are promoting a progressive gen- agenda. But when you want to solve societal issues with inter- interconnections with corporations and uh, you want to outsource like these things to like private prisons for one. That's a that's a neoliberal construct. Then you end up with what we end up with. And when you put in the, when that becomes the prescribed solution, right, for these problems, you know what you end up with? You end up with Trump in office and you end up with rampant racism, a high a high in the last twenty years of hate crimes. With black people on the receiving end of that, don't listen to what these people are telling you about other hate groups. Yes, it has it has risen for Asians, but we all we we always seem like we're always going to own. We're always going to own the title of the most persecuted in this country. So there are a lot of factors at place. I'm not saying any of this to minimize anything. I'm not saying hold hold everybody accountable, but we got to realize the area and the environment in which we're dealing with. And how crafty these systems are moving to keep us where we are. My number one agenda, and I'll be straight up with everybody, is to make sure black people are getting something for their votes. That's my only reason for talking about politics. If not, I'd be talking about boxing and talking with my man Torin about some other issue, about the new bounce episode he was just in, or about his appearance on TMZ. Shout out to Torin Walker, my brother. And be expected to hear a lot more shout outs from my people, man, because we working together as a collective in order to build us and get us where we need to be as a people and we do that by spreading the love and sharing the love and never being concerned about oh, he gonna get too much shine or he gonna get too much shine now nah, when you shine i shine we shine as long as we operate within that we good back to my issue here man recognize folks that the workers themselves are all getting screwed and when people are going through it they tend not to pay much attention now, that doesn't let racists off the hook because they've been treating us race, with racial, racial animus forever, right? So, but who put that in the system? We always got to hold people accountable. When we say we're going to hold them accountable, we got to hold the people account- accountable who set the system in place, who perpetuate the system, who are the direct recipients of the benefits of that system running the way that it runs, now, anybody can become educated, and that's what they need to do. So, a general strike is what I'm calling for, man, because I feel that we, workers, all of us, have a common goal, and that is to live better lives. And in this country, if you don't have money, you can't live a better life. Look, no man could be happy without freedom, and no man could be freedom without being happy, Right? How's, how's that quote go? Without no freedom, without freedom, there is no happiness. 
Well, money is happiness, or money is freedom, I should say. Money is freedom. The freedom to spend time with your family, the freedom to dream, the freedom to have a goal, implement it, put it on the market, see what it does. In its, in its, in its purest forms, capitalism can work. But people have to have equal access or access to the capital in order to make the capitalism work. And that's where things fall apart. And then we got the exploitation of the worker and so on and so forth. So I just, I don't know, man. I just want to use this use this broadcast in order to open people's minds up to some other elements of it. You know, minimum wage and everything, man. Minimum wage. And there's all types of sides of the coin on the minimum wage that we need to address. In theory, I'm for people making more money. The market will adjust. It always does. We know it's always funny. People complain about the minimum wage. They say they go too high to the point where people can't be hired. I think somehow companies will make it work. I was able to make it work. I had a couple people part-time. I made it work, $15 an hour. I made it work. They worked less hours. Ding. Now, there are other times that they would have spent with me if I, if I gave them $10 an hour. The less hours they work with me, they could take those hours and go work somewhere else for $15 an hour. Get how that works? You get it. So the market will be able to adjust for that. All right? They will be able to adjust for that. You know, I was listening to a broadcast. Um, another brother that hollered at me recently, man. And, and this is how crazy it is, man. I think this is this is when the internet's working the way it should work, which is not just be a a, a trading post for stupidity and insults, right? One-upsmanship. And who could be the most sarcastic jackass? But when the internet's working to the best or the betterment of the people is when it's used as a tool to unite people to network. So I put out a post, and I said, you know what, let me see what happens. I said, hey, is there anybody you know I should team up with or anybody's platform I should go holler at? Because I want to get the word out about Dr. Cornell West and about various points in politics. And I, and I, I need to branch out to do that. And someone came back. Something came back. Someone followed me, TD Hip Hop Media. Give a big shout-out to TD Hip Hop Media. Shout that brother out. I followed him back. And I'm really proud. I think that's what happened. I think one of his people must have saw my post and saw his name was mentioned. And I reached out. To, he reached out, man. And I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm just going to assume that's related to that post. That's what I want. That's the energy I want to operate within. And yes, we choose our energy. We choose how we see the world. We choose how we feel the world is treating us. We choose our enemies. We choose our friends. All you got to do is look at, a, look at an enemy in a different way and you got a friend. Until they prove you wrong and then you act accordingly. So anyway, shout out to that brother, man. Shout out to brother doing good work. What I'm getting about what I'm getting at is not just a shout out. He did a point, he did something about um, Eric Mayor Eric Adams out there in New York and how he was dealing with what he called the Biden crisis. Not the migrant crisis, but the Biden price crisis. And I want to give him credit for coining that situation in New York as such. And as I listened to him, I was thinking, wow, man, a year ago, I would have thought this guy was was selling out, man. Why are you bigging up? Why are you bigging up Mayor Adams? You know, why are you bigging him up? He wasn't bigging him up. He was telling the truth. He was telling the truth. Just because, see, I had a real problem getting over the fact that just because I don't like a person, I can't give him credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't... I, 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 I got a problem with Mayor Eric Adams. One, he's a police captain. 
at the NYPD. You know how they treated black folks. So I got him a, gave him the side eye for that. Then when he was running, I kept hearing a bunch of this swagger, swagger. You got to have New York. You got to have swagger. And frankly, I didn't hear enough meat on the bone for me to be interested. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't talking the type of rhetoric that I would find remotely interesting in his campaigning. It was all posturing and bluster. I'm going to bring back swagger to New York. Swagger. But TD, the young brother, the brother, brother very methodically takes his time. He walks, he walks up the hill on this article that he was covering out of the Joy Reid media file over there on MSNBC. And he, um, he unpacked this article about the, uh, about the migrant crisis or the Biden crisis. And I said, oh, okay, this is interesting. So they're throwing Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams under the bus under the guise of he ain't playing nice with the migrants. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has handcuffed uh, ISIS on those particular migrants and many migrants crossing the southern border and will continue, and, and, but but uh, stops the Haitians decoding their tracks, which is real talk. Somebody hit me up, now that I think about it, somebody hit me up like, Tim Black, you need to take a look at the migrant thing. What about the migrant, the way Joe Biden treat the migrants? Now, I was thinking about Clinton and the migrants, because see, uh, the, the Haitians, I should say, the Haitians. Um, the, and when I saw the post, it beckoned back to Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and them, them siphoning money out of what was supposed to be disaster relief for the Haitian earthquake that killed I don't know how many Haitians over there in Haiti. So it was this big, everyone pulled together to raise money for Haiti, and then all this money just disappeared into a black hole called the Clinton Foundation. But now I realize possibly the person that was bringing it to my attention, because that's a story that's about 15 years old, 20 years old, at least. That was the 90s, right? Yeah, it was the 90s. Um... I realized that maybe they were referring to the migrant crisis, the Biden crisis, and how Joe Biden helped the Haitians up out of the country, like with the quickness. And they're the ones that are going through a, going through a crisis where they do need asylum. But they were de-asylumed. You know, they were pushed out with the quicks, and they are really, like, their government is really, like, didn't they have a coup? Gangs run their government. Now, I don't know what's going on in Barbados. I don't know what's going on in Guatemala. And I don't know what's going on with the Chinese that keep migrating here, illegally crossing the border. But last I heard, they didn't have a coup. Last I heard, gangs weren't literal, literal gangs just shooting mofos in the street. I didn't hear that going on like it's going on in Haiti. That's Haiti. That is what's happening in Haiti. So when the Haitians come to America risking their lives, they put out a big warning saying, hey, if you go back, you might be killed. Joe said, go back anyway. But you know, you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Come on, man, it's real. Not a joke. Real deal. Not playing. Let the kids listen to the radio. You hear, you hear Haitians screaming because I sent them back when I shouldn't have. But they black. I told Charlemagne to God, come on, man. Come on, man. You don't vote for me, you ain't black. If you Haitian, I'm sending you back. So this is where we are, folks. 
And my point of this is, though I can't stand Eric Adams for many reasons, they setting this brother up with this whole migrant Biden crisis. And we have to be astute enough if we want to be serious about our politics that we got to be able to look past our disagreements with others and look to the root of the problem and look to the root of the issue and decide how are they on this particular issue. On this particular issue, is this person my ally or are they my or my op? Now, if you're my op, I'm going to treat you as an op. But if you are my ally, let me conversate about that. Let me address, analyze, communicate, give commentary on the thing that's going on that you happen, us, us happen to have this ground on this particular issue. We can't talk about that, and I can't weigh in on that. And I can also criticize you on the back end. My problem is those who weigh in and give hand claps and back slaps to the people, uh, to folks on one hand, but then just just ignore all the other radical, radical, horrible, anti-black type nonsense that they be about. Now, put that out there, too. That's your duty as a as a as a commentator, as a podcaster. Put put all that out there. Don't don't cherry pick because it's going to be found out and then you look like a sellout. So I'm not saying we ignore these issues that you have with people, uh, with their politics that is anti-black or anti-whatever, right, corrupt or whatever, but we still can address the other issues and and speak fairly about that. So we don't just discard a person's all actions forever because of a particular area, though I have no tolerance for racism. I call that out directly. My point is also this. I'm a commentator who's here to speak. I want my vision to be very clear for my listeners. Someone said, Tim Black, you did this latest episode. Bro, you talking about... And this was a black man, obviously, in my chat. Because his his sentiments were profoundly angry. He was profoundly upset with me, man. He was like, why are you covering RFK? RFK, you know, was tracking MLK, bump him. You shouldn't be following him. Why are you, why are you wasting time covering him? And then you're going to cover Russell Brand. Who cares about Russell Brand's grape accusations? Blah, 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 blah. Get over it. We black. We don't want to hear about that. Get back on point. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, brother. I talked about four or five things. Two of them. One of them was Cornell West. One was the auto workers, uh, auto workers strike. That's black. There's black people work there too. Everything I talked about was from a black perspective. I even compared Russell Brand to the R. Kelly situation and to the Jonathan Major situation. You don't get that on regular mainstream TV. You're not getting that on a regular podcast. None of these people on the left, none of these white guys on the left, all these black guys on the left that I'm aware of would ever address it from that perspective, bruh. I'm giving you something you can't get anywhere else. And then you got a black man and a black woman and husband and wife, no no weird, no, no always leaning on the culture to make it seem like you got to support it. No. Actually dropping dimes on these topics, bruh. I do politics. I can't just talk about Steve Harvey and his wife. That's not what I hope that's not what you came here for. This is a politically folks, a political based channel, bruh. But I feel you though. But check this out. 
I'm always in the I'm always in the area or in the mind frame that if you can give me a nugget, something that I can learn and I can grow from, I'll take that. Here goes my email publicly in front of the world. Send me your story ideas to me, bruh. I'm a one man shop. I do all that. I started this podcast saying I do the editing, the research, the the the, the recording, the everything, the posting, the titling, the descriptions, the everything you see is all done by one dude, me. So dog i would love for you to help me curate information and find story ideas that you think would be interesting to the to, to the masses and to my audience that's a help but dumping on your boy in the comment section because two of the stories out of the six you didn't find uh, that word you feel that didn't address black people when i i found a way I, I think i found a way to make them do i think i think any issue i talk about can be seen from a black perspective and still be political and still be palatable don't buy into that we ain't just got to talk about sports we don't just have to talk about who dating who who seeing who who's on whatever whatever social media drama or whatever's happening we don't just have to talk about that stuff for to be black we are part of this country man we are the body politic Without us, there wouldn't even be two parties in this country. Without us, Democrats would never be elected. Anything that ever goes on with the Democrats is our business because without us, there is no Democratic Party, man. Come on now. Don't disrespect us this way. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to educate you. But on the same token, bro, if I'm missing a story that you think is relevant and I got a cover, man, hit me up. Don't just assume I saw it. Don't just assume I've been working, bro. I be working. So work with me, work with you. But here's my thing I want to get to. While I'm fine, I'm, I'm sitting, hitting, sending some shots out here on extra innings. Check this out. One of the predicaments that I'm dealing with, and it's something that I'm evolving to, and I want my audience to know that I am dealing with this, and that is no party affiliation, but always only affiliation, only the only membership is that to upliftment, right? And the advancement of black folks and to get something for our vote. Dr. Corner West office says, his strongest rebuttal to Jimmy Dore, a lot of people missed it, and I don't know why they missed it, but they did miss it. He said, you want me to undermine, I'm paraphrasing, he said, you want me to undermine my message in order to attract bigots to my platform? I'm not going to do that. I got to be loyal to my mother and my father. I will never betray them or the brothers and sisters of the Shiloh Baptist Church in order to attract those who hate us and have disdain for our black bodies. I got to be looking in the mirror every day, brother. I'm from a tradition that stands up for black people. Will never, ever subjugate myself. I would never, ever desecrate their name, their memory, and what they saw in me as their son. And I will always pay homage to them. And the way that I pay homage to them is by respecting them and uplifting my people. That is my foremost mission. So no, I reject out of hand this suggestion that I need to modify my message in order to placate those who wouldn't piss on me to put me out if I was on fire. So I listened to that, folks. I listened to what Dr. West said. And I said, you know what? On every issue, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand strong. 
I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand strong. I'm not going to be worried about placating progressives or liberals or leftists or centrists or conservatives or whoever. It's a freeing thing to know who your audience is and who you're speaking to and what you're speaking about. So I'm going to keep that always in mind. But notice, I love the people. I'm fighting for the people. I will never stop doing that. That's the purpose of this channel. With that in mind, never ask me to to give back to get to put black people in the back of the bus. Never ask me to make my black issues walk in the street while your white issues walk on the sidewalk. Never threaten that my black eyes not meet your gaze. As if my black eyes cannot look into your eyes when we speak. And don't for a second believe I'm afraid to talk back or to talk black. Yes, we in this together, but all of us ain't been at the same place at the same time getting the same treatment. So I always have to address that. I do. But know this, we're going to have some good times too. Everything ain't going to be as heavy. But we're going to keep it real. And then when it comes to certain issues, they're going to definitely intersect, man, because class and race intersect. Our money getting our money right intersects. The auto workers trying to get their money right intersects. The Amazon workers trying to get their money right intersects. The minimum wage getting raised, that intersects. All of us got wages. All of us got loved ones. Even if, it's the, even if you're not a working person, you got working people in your family that work somewhere. Workers' rights matter, and these things cross-connect. But I'm always going to do it from a black perspective because, unfortunately, we in America, and everything in America is about race in some way, shape, or form. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I got love for y'all, though. And I support Dr. Cornell West. He makes me a better steward of this microphone and a better servant of my people. You are the wolf pack if you're listening to this, and I love you for your support of this show. This is Extra Innings number 24. This is going out. I got number love for y'all. Shout out. Go check out TD Hip Hop. My brother Torin Waku made his debut on Bounce TV. I saw him on TMZ. He's doing big things. So hopefully soon we'll be working more closely together, doing some other projects. Anybody that recently followed me on Twitter, big up to you as well. Look, look. It's like I always say, y'all. Don't you let nobody take your cornbread. When they say, hey, why you vote for Dr. Cornell West, tell them go to cornellwest24.org. It's a new day. Blah. How's that, baby? I'm sorry I couldn't be with you all on this edition of Extra Innings, but I'll be back soon. Much love to you all, Wolfpack. Well, all right.